Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Two Heavy Wrestling Podcast. We have myself, Randy, we have Clayton, and we have Eddie, part of the new rotation. So, uh, what do we got going on this week? I know we have uh, Seth Rollins as one half of the uh, World Heavyweight Championship match at Night of Champions. I want to put a disclaimer, we are recording this before Friday Night Smackdown, so we don't actually know who he's facing. Um but I do know that there was a really cool thing that happened this morning with Edge on Twitter yes. or Instagram or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. So this morning, Edge and a nice little two-minute vignette remarked that he's near the end of the road. And what would be awesome on his end of the road is to win the new World Heavyweight Championship. When he loses it, that's it. He's hanging him up. Yeah, because that's the belt he never lost. That's the belt he had to retire on the first time. I look, look. Yeah. So I I like Edge, and mm-hmm. I feel like based on because he faced the Undertaker at WrestleMania, and the World Heavyweight Championship was on the line. No, when he no, re- this was no. after. This, yeah, he re- he, he has he, lost it before. Yeah, he has lost it before. When he retired, when his neck, whatever, he won the match at WrestleMania, and came out with yeah. the World Heavyweight Champion. I forgot the belt. He had the belt then. Yeah. I also saw a theory on Twitter that says Bret Hart's still champion. I saw that. That was JTG. Yeah, JTG (laughs) posted that. That like just because they rang the bell doesn't mean the rules applied to that. And so Bret Hart is on like a 9,300 whatever day title reign from November 97. You know, he's not getting booked, so he's got time to tweet that. I guess. But so we'll touch a little bit more on the edge situation in the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Uh, we already said we're going to talk about Seth Rollins and what happened on Monday Night Raw, and then we're specifically going to go into a little bit about Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. I like it. So Sounds like a plan. We're already talking about Edge in the World Heavyweight Championship, so we can kind of go in there. All right. Uh, but yeah, Edge did not lose the World Heavyweight Championship. He retired. He relinquished the belt. He was nice enough to remind us of that as he was entered into this tournament, and now... Um, a lot of people are calling for Seth Rollins versus Edge at Night of Champions, and I think the fans are pretty split on who they want to win now. I think it was overwhelmingly Seth Rollins, and now after Edge threw this wrench into the plan, who knows what they're going to do. Mine was Drew McIntyre first. I, I said, this is how sports fandom works for me and into wrestling fandom. If you're not my favorite guy, I don't care. <laughs> put, That's fair. put the title on whoever. Yeah. I don't care. If you're not Sami Zayn, I could not care less. Yeah. But I think based off the promo that we saw this morning, I'm leaning more towards Edge. Yeah, I think but so too. I think, I think it's a better story. Um, but quit saying that like the brand split actually matters. But it should. I want it to matter. It will. Someday. It will for, no, it's the opposite. It will for the first three months, and then after that, it won't matter. Like, it's, like, it always fizzles out. It's always usually a hard wall, and then it fizzles out. And I don't even expect that hard wall to last as long with the free agencies that they've been doing. The free agents are kind of dumb, though. Like, that was mean. Uh, But, okay, so Omos, I, I don't see the understanding of why that makes sense, unless... Bobby Lashley has a match, and Omos, Cedric, Shelton all run in and then declare being on that brand, in my opinion. Yeah, because they're all... Free. The, the entire potential iteration of the Hurt Business is free agency. 
Yeah. Minus and, Bobby Lashley. So. Yeah, and unfortunately, Shelton's irrevel- irre- irrelevant. I'm sticking to that. That's going to be my yeah. thing. But uh, I don't understand why you put Omos in that position. I don't understand the, the pushing to lose. He loses ev- at every pay-per-view, but wins every Raw match. You, 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 you want to know what the purpose is? Let's hear it. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I know. It's, it's deeper than that. It's the, bi- it's the big show after 2004 effect. It's the, we're going to push you to look really strong on TV so that when you lose at pay-per-views, the person you're putting over looks more important than they are. That's what it is. We also have to put to realization that uh, Akira Tozawa's ninja is more relevant than Akira Tozawa. Yeah. Who? <laughs> exactly. That was the most random thing to bring up at that point. That was the really random too, because of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. How much control do you think he currently has in creative? Enough. What do you think, like? Here's the thing. Wrestling Observer, I want to say about two and a half weeks ago or less, came out with a report that a lot of Vince's ideas were scoffed at or otherwise remarked as not making any sense. Um, I think in the case of Omos, he's just always going to be there because that's what Vince wants. So as long as Vince gets his little toys to have yeah. in the overall picture, then he'll let Triple H do whatever. So wait, are you trying to tell me that Triple H and the rest of the board handed Vince his shiny little toys and said, go play over there so that they would leave the rest of creative alone. They gave him Omos and like 30 minutes on raw. and was like, do whatever you want, bud. You got it. So yes. that he would stay out of the way. Yes. I love that idea. Because the raw after mania was so bad. Yeah. From any perspective that you want to look at. And yeah. Vince is still to me, a smart enough businessman to know, Okay. I don't I, know what's going on anymore. I, I don't have it. I thought yeah. I could just come back after nine months being forced away, whatever. Come back and just, just like old times. Nope. Everybody in the locker room hates you. The people watching at home hate it. The people yeah. in the stadium hate it. You did big numbers, but it's also the Raw after WrestleMania. Even Yeah, I, I'll die on this hill. If you grade that Raw on a regular Raw scale instead of a Raw after WrestleMania scale, it is still bad. Yes. It's very bad. So I also kind of looking at it and I'm going to look at this from every aspect. It's not just Vince that made it bad. Like in my opinion, straight up. Well, the reports about that writing room. (laughs) That's true. There were reports about the writing room. And the draft was lackluster in a way to me in terms of, again, I'm going to talk about NXT. I feel like there has to be some. Sorry. No, you're it. No, I was just, it's because you brought up the draft and I, there I was, was someone missing, right? I was also very disappointed with the draft and there was a huge, huge hole missing from the draft. That being, uh, I'm not like most girls, Miss Nia Jax, not getting drafted to either show. And here, let's be real. Actually, if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it because they have these free agents 
meaning that these people are valuable on both shows. That's perfect for Nia Jax. Put her as a free agent. Let her hit up both shows. Let her be interwoven into multiple storylines. Who has done less with for men's or women's Royal Rumble? Who has done less with the big show spot? With the number 30 spot? No, with the big oh. beast. Everybody has to jump you to eliminate you. Look, I have an answer. Who's done last? I, I have an answer. Uh-huh. Lars Sullivan. Was he in a Royal Rumble? Exactly. No, it doesn't count. If he no, was no, in a no. Royal Rumble, we don't remember it. Put it in the comments. I don't think was, was Lars Sullivan in a Royal Rumble? Hang on. And is he more useless than Nia Jax? That no. answer is you yes. You thought my ninja thing was bad and you're talking about Lars Sullivan? Nobody also called Nia Jax useless. I just asked who has done less with the Big Show spot in a rumble. Look, all I'm saying is a lot. I remember Big Show spots. A lot. And if Lars Sullivan was in a Big Show spot, I'd... I'm just saying a lot I'm of trying things. To think. A lot of things in WWE uh, will be fixed. I want to think. Now I'm thinking. A lot of things in WWE will be fixed if Nia Jax comes back and decides to... Job to Charlotte, Becky, Bianca, no. Bailey, her, Dakota no. Kai, Eo Sky, Katana Chance, Caden. No, put her in the bloodline. Zoe Stark. I'm telling you, put her in the bloodline. Have her shoot punch Bianca Belair in the face. Take the title off of her on SmackDown. Call it a day. You know how big of an insult that'd be to Tamina if they just brought Nia Jax back to put her yeah. in the bloodline? That'd be so cool. Oh my God, it'd be hilarious. All Anyways, right. back to your point. Yeah, back to... So, the NXT call-ups, to my knowledge, are based off what Shawn Michaels and Triple H, their Agreed input. On, yeah. We thought we'd get Braun Breaker. Yeah, they talked about that, though. I, Have you seen the report on Braun Breaker? What's yeah. the report? Um, so, he was targeted, this was like in the last three days or so. Um, he was targeted to come up in the draft. But because he's so good as a heel right now in NXT, yeah, they, they kept to. him down just to cultivate it better. And he's doing great. I, I want to point that out. His spears look Goldberg dude, stiff. Who's that dude he speared? Carmelo, Carmelo, Hayes. Carmelo Hayes. I was like, yo, that was almost. Have you got? Have I ever showed you guys the video Hold of on. Goldberg? You know who Carmelo Hayes is? No. Have I ever showed you the video? Yeah, that's. Have I showed you the video of the of that time Goldberg speared Christian while he was holding that chair? I love that. Oh my god! Have you seen Goldberg spear Nunzio in the 2004 oh, Royal Rumble? Yeah. Oh my god! Broke that man in half. Oh my gosh, it's awesome. Oof. Uh, Bron's doing stuff. Bron like that. is doing stuff. I've seen a lot of that stuff recently, like Instagram yeah, and whatnot. I thought it was obvious to bring him up, mm -hmm. but it's now seeing what we're seeing. I'm like, cool, keep him down there for a little bit longer. I'm, I'm completely okay with that. Let him boil in the heat. Right. Uh, Cora Jade, another person we thought could get called up. Uh, doing, She's great as a heel. She just came back, so I think they're trying to build her back up. Well, and she's in that women's title tournament, right? I think she'll probably win. I hope so. Or I Tiffany think she Stratton. It. I, think, I would I say that. I think Cora deserves it. I need Tiffany Stratton to stop doing moonsaults. I also think... so. <laughs> I hate to get a little controversial, but I'm going to bring up a subject because I'm curious as to what they could do with it. Mm. So my favorite indie team probably ever are the Rascals. Oh, yeah. So thinking Nash Carter in this case, yeah. uh, to my knowledge, everything, like nothing happened. 
like he was it was proven that he was not guilty you're yeah, talking about everything. Davey richards no nash carter who's nash carter uh zachary Wentz. oh i thought you were talking about Davey richards no that's why he said so nash weird. carter oh my bad all right give me the <laughs> rascals give me the rascals that's all i want yeah. or msk whatever i i like I like that shit or that stuff a little bit yeah. more look they bring the worst out of me too also <laughs> Sign Myron Reed. I don't care. Hot fire Myron Reed. Get him. Sign Myron Reed. Sign Trey Miguel. I don't think Trey Miguel will ever go to WWE, but. I'll indulge you. So yeah. hypothetically speaking, they bring their rascals in. Yeah. Are you psychologically prepared for them to be booked worse than the LWO? I'm. You better be. Hold on. So this is my thoughts on that. There are a lot of people who have come in to the WWE. Mm-hmm. who just did not get pushed very well. Neville. Neville was one of those people, but he wasn't like indie-wise. He wasn't like top guy. Like I will accept that. I mean, L- or, uh, I almost said LWO. Uh, the Rascals beat the Lucha Brothers, beat, uh, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on their name? LAX. There we go. Beat LAX. They beat all the best teams in the indies. They pushed the hell out of them when they got to NXT, even with bigger tag teams. Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be worthwhile to bring back at least Nash Carter because I think Wesley, as great as he's doing, Nash Carter makes him even better. But Wesley's having such a good North American he title is. run. I'm not saying, I'm saying once he gets called up. Mm. You know, in that same vein. Why don't we just sign Will Ospreay to a WWE deal so he could be Dolph Ziggler 2.0 and <laughs> that just will never oversell happen. for everyone and put everyone over mm. and get like two months worth of a two cumulative title ran? There's a lot of things wrong with the people who've gotten called up from NXT to the main roster. Yeah. Eric Young is one of those people where I could not have seen him doing anything on the main roster and... No, Lo and behold. not with that gimmick. That's the problem. A lot, a lot of the NXT gimmicks, especially from the time that I was watching, every time I thought about them on the main roster, I was like, this is not doable roster. The mm-hmm. only one I saw being a force was Aleister Black, and that didn't even happen. I mean, he, dude, he was, he was over. He got the cool entrance. He got the cool music. Like, I think Aleister Black could have been a lot more. I just don't know what happened or why that fizzled out. Anyway, it fizzled out because once they get called up to NXT, you're out of that small pond of a condensed writing room yeah. into these systemically bad writing rooms. Yeah. Like Aleister Black, Shinsuke, Bobby Roode, they're all in like that tier one. Like if I was in NXT, I would want to be in that tier one before yeah. I go to the main right. roster. Tommaso Ciampa even. Tommaso Ciampa, nuclear, over. And then when they get to the main roster, they don't know what to do with Alistair. Shinsuke's doing low blows and WrestleMania matches. And Robert Roode is being packaged with Dolph Ziggler to job to tag teams. Well, who do you think is the worst? I have someone in mind. Who do you think is the worst example of that? Who do you think is like... The got per- called up and nothing happened? Got not, not only got called up and nothing happened, but got called up and was worse than when they were in NXT. EC3. It was so bad when he got called up and they were like hey what's your number one skill talking awesome you're mute 
completely forget that he existed in NXT. Dude, his NXT run was stellar. It's his it was WWE. Very good. It's his WWE run that you forgot about. I'm trying to think of more people who just could not do it, but EC3 was probably the absolute worst. He and the thing is, he could have. EC3 hits that same vein ish of like MJF. Like he could have done that on WWE TV and been fine. They just didn't let him. I just think there's so many smaller wrestlers who just charisma wise, and this is no offense to them, but like when you have a smaller guy and not like Seth Rollins is a smaller guy, but like he, (laughs) he is definitely smaller compared to other people. He carries with every, he's a full package. When you have someone and I don't know if you know who this is, but I know you know, is if you had someone who was in WWE who I thought would do really well in ACH, I yes. thought that you know who ACH is. It sounds familiar. I remember that. Yeah, PWG. That's probably yeah. like his big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I'm like, there's no way he's gonna go anywhere, and because of some stuff there was that some happened controversy in the with him. Yeah, but he was one of the guys where I'm like, he's just it, just beaten up all the time. Nothing's going to happen with him. Yeah. That type of stuff. And AOP is another team that I just was like, do you want to talk about a fumble tag team? Oh, uh-huh. man. Why? The in, authors uh, of pain. We're, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I'm doing my first tangent on the podcast. Yeah. Why in God's green earth did they pull Paul Elring off of the authors of pain? They respectfully did not speak English strong enough to not have a mouthpiece. Yeah, and dude. you took him away. So, like, what, what are their motivations now? I thought the disciples God. was a good rebound. For Seth Rollins and the Disciples. Yeah. And unfortunately, they were very injury prone. So we didn't get to see a whole lot of them. But that was the biggest. They shouldn't have lost. They should not have lost in NXT. They lost to a team that also got called up and just did not do anything. Who did they lose to? Sanity. Oh, I do remember that feud. I could I could vent about oh. that all day. But like, kind of back to my main point, too. I, yeah. I feel like. I was a little let down with some of the NXT call-ups. I was very surprised with a lot of the NXT call-ups too, but the big names that are still down there, I- I'm very excited for because they're getting built to the top. Like Shawn Michaels is doing fantastic with building Braun Breaker more, building yeah. Cora Jade more. I'm excited for Tiffany Stratton because she can. she's also a pretty much a total package at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, we, ju- we just have to hope that the handshake from... Sean to trips is better than the handshake from trips to Vince because it's not, but we'll see. I, even if triple H has like 60% of control of creative, he respects NXT and what it does enough to treat the talent that comes from there with more respect than what Vince did. I'm just hoping the one guy who got called up from NXT that I want to see go to the, maybe not necessarily go to the top, but close to it. Like kind of similar to an Austin Theory role is Grayson Waller. Yeah, I I think he's. I'm excited Definitely. for Cameron Grimes too, but I, I'm just very excited to see what he does. He's a very good heel, and kind of similar to Austin Theory. Like you you hate him because he's braggadocious because right. he ends up getting these wins, things like that. Hit Austin Theory, boring. Grayson Waller's not boring. He's a better yes. Austin Theory. Yes. Yeah. So my, my um was more about, I don't want him compared to Austin Theory because... The way he came up. Yeah. The way he came up, rather. 
He was always that close to something. Never got it. No. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament and what's going to go on at Night of Champions. So we know it's going to be Seth Rollins. Do you guys hope it's going to be Edge at this point? Yes, so so he can retire sooner. Is that what you want? You want Edge to retire sooner? I I want Cody to take the title off of him and then kind of the build-up I had before that we talked about. Did I tell you that? Mm -mm. I think, well, uh, my theory stands that Cody's not going to win the title. Cody's going to win the title. I hope they do this co-branded Raw and SmackDown Survivor Series. I think Cody's going to beat Roman at that Survivor Series. Yeah. Yeah. I actually like that. And then I think a royal similar Royal Rumble to Brock and Bobby, Roman's gonna cost him that world title. Then they're gonna have to fight at Mania. I think that is a great way to plan that out. I don't I don't trust WWE to book that well that far out is the problem. They need to hire me, dude. Like we dude, we could be the writer's room. We could. Yes. There are certain writers that are doing very well. Uh what Brian Kendrick did the uh, Damien Priest and Bad Bunny match? Oh, you talk about producers? Yeah. Yeah. Writers, producers, aren't they? They're different. They're, They're different. different. They are different. Who's the writer for everything? So the writers are the ones that actually... So the writers are the ones who put together this. the skeleton. They go, these people are the ones who are the champions. They're the ones who are over, and they're going to lose on this night. The, the producers are the ones who actually make those matches happen and say, these are the spots you guys are going to do. Um, here's your filler time, do whatever you want, but this is your ending. You need to hit this spot at this time. Okay. All yep. from there. So writers are the ones that put together like the story, like long-term, but producers are the ones who go match by match to make that story come to life. So who's one of the main writers? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. Okay. And we honestly shouldn't know their names. Okay. Like a, like a good. You death know, threats. No, not even death threats. It's you create little mini Vince Russo. Ugh. Like you should, yeah. a, a good writer for wrestling is equivalent to a good writer right. for a movie. Like we shouldn't know their names. Right. Because they're just that good. Silent and in the background. Yes. Um, okay. So, whatever. so you're, you're talking about producers. Yes. I will say Backlash did exceed my expectations with certain matches. Didn't exceed Dave Meltzer's trash. Dude, Dave Meltzer was... We went over uh, the reviews for Dave Meltzer's reviews on Backlash. He graded on a pretty hard scale. Okay, did you guys... Did it exceed your expectations? It did. I enjoyed it a lot. That, for the first PLE post-WrestleMania, could not ask for a better one. Right. Oh, and here's the thing about me and PLEs in general... If you gave me the exact same PLE, like the matches were the same, the actions were the same, whatever, and you had two versions of it where one had a really good crowd and one had a really bad crowd, I will, like, the matches themselves, I will grade better for having the good crowd. So I think Puerto Rico has a lot to do with that, but even if you took away that Puerto Rico crowd and gave them, like, a regular Milwaukee crowd or something, I think it was a good, I still think it was a good show. We didn't even have Gunther on the show. We didn't even have roman on the show yeah still we had rollins versus omas like yeah they did, that wasn't even a bad it match. wasn't a bad match Mm-mm. it wasn't the lowest ranked match of the night i don't think Mm-mm, it was not what I was checked, the lowest ranked match? i got it right here for you so 
and I'll just go in order how right, it's listed. Zach Starwipe, Dave Meltzer's reviews. <laughs> Bianca ahead. Neo, four and a quarter stars. Okay. Rollins Omas, three stars. Okay. Theory Lashley Bronson Reed, two and a half. Yeah, dude. Rhea Zelina, two. Lowest rated match of the night. Yeah, dude. Bad Bunny and Priest, which is this, I personally thought it was five, but Meltzer gave it four and a half. Bloodline versus Sammy KO and Riddle, three and three quarters. Yeah, dude. Cody Brock, three and three quarters. Dude, he went no, hard. No offense. Yeah, How was Zelina and Rhea that low? I'm assuming Meltzer's penalizing them for the shortness of the match and the fact that comparatively to the rest of the matches on the card, there weren't that many spots. Yeah. It's not a two. It's definitely not a two. It's, it's not at a two. least a three. Like if you if you're that one ticked me off the most. Probably. If you're grading hard and you're saying, okay, give me the basic expectations of a title defense match that is fourth on the card, not first, not second, not last, not pre-last, fourth, almost yeah. the dead middle of the card. That's they, that's that's it. They that's, crushed it. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what you're supposed to do with that match. Okay. I think also if you put someone else in that match in place of Bad Bunny, then I think it's four and a half stars. But because Bad Bunny is in that spot, it's five stars, in yeah, my opinion. I think so. That was. A I think it's okay match. to grade celebrity matches on a curve like that. Yes. Yeah. But Mario Vega coming back doing his head chops. Yeah. Like it. Carlito should come back full time. I think so too. Gold star for overbooking a match. Yeah. Like yeah. gold star. Yeah, you are making the LWO with that pay-per-view what the LWO should be. You are making it about history. You're making it about, like, bringing back people from history who are Hispanic that appreciate their Hispanic heritage. Like, that's what LWO needs to be. And you know who's one guy who should come back for that. What, for the Hispanic part? Yeah. Give me Chavo Guerrero yep. Jr. Yep. Let's see it. Let's see. I'm not asking him to be in a match. Don't worry. Uh, but I, I, think, I, I don't, I don't know that he knows all the controversy that Chavo Guerrero Jr. is in right now. I've heard bits and pieces. He finally did an interview with Chris Van Fleet, and I did cleared I did. it all I up. Did. And he's he has no heat with Mysterio. It's fine. Chavo's fine. Oh, I, I it's I know. all kayfabe. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. But like, I'm trying to think of more fantastic people like honestly andrade i don't know what side of he's on right now to be honest but andrade comes back don't put him in that faction have them go off against lwo because i think andrade is such a good heel andrade is a good heel um so was legato del fantasmo though not as good as andrade no not as good as andrade but good enough like Fine, good enough. Because, like, for me, good enough means, like, you're a major player. Or players, I suppose, since they are a faction. No. Well, Santos okay, Escobar. yes, but you need to have mid... You have to have... You have to have mid-level and entry-level heels. You have to have heels up and down the card, just like faces up and down the card. Santos Escobar, when he was in Lucha Underground, was a fantastic heel. Amazing. 
like he did everything so well and he had matches like against ricochet yeah uh, and when I'm, and i'm talking about their capability not necessarily right. what they are or were in nxt in their initial call up but like what they're capable of in terms of being a heel faction through the roof right but at the same time they're smaller which is why they couldn't get past that line yeah in my opinion but andrade could pick mysterio out or have andrade take over actually don't do that that's didn't work in AEW, so no probably not gonna work there here's my problem with fantasma and you're both gonna be mad at me for this before lwo came back i couldn't name anybody other than santos and i didn't even know santos's last name I still can't. I can name, but I love the I love the LWO and what they're doing right now, especially if they're going to incorporate Carlito full time. I still don't know their names besides Santos Escobar. I know two of their names, and the other one I used to know the name because it was Raul Mendoza. I remember that. Uh, Isn't that the bad guy from Call of Duty Black Ops? Yes, actually. <laughs> I was like, what? Yes, actually. But Joaquin Phoenix. I was going to say Joaquin something. Was DJZ. Isn't Joaquin Phoenix? You know who DJZ is? No, I Zemaion. You heard that name? I've mm-hmm. heard that name. Uh, very big on the Indies. Uh, former X Division champion. Okay. He was great, but like... I, I, he is good for a tag team competitor. He would have never gotten pushed as a singles competitor. Uh, he was a part of the breakout, uh, I think the first breakout tournament, where they just had so many names from all over the mm. Indies, and he lost to Angel Garza. Okay. Which, by the way, put him in that faction. Like, holy crap. Who's his tag team partner? Humberto. Correa. Yeah, what are those guys doing right now? You can't. Here's the problem. You can't just take every Hispanic he or Spanish-speaking wrestler and put them in the lwo at this point yes you can it'd be truly following in the steps of the nwo Humberto carrillo before angel garza because angel garza is a good heel i gotta i gotta look something up real quick you guys keep talking okay well let's let's go on another tangent then about geez we went far off that's the name all right you know what they should do instead let's take lwo as is over here, Legato del Fantasma. They can even keep Rey Mysterio. Give him Carlito. You're about to say, I know what you're about to say. All right, you have that faction over here. Put him in a faction war where can you I, take. Can I tell you? No, you take Angel <laughs> Garza. You take Humberto Carrillo. You take. You're taking one of my favorite factions when I was growing <laughs> yep. up. Yep. You take. You take those two. You take Andrade if you want to. You reform the Mexicools. And then you have LWO versus Mexicool. My that was one of my favorite factions, not because they were the Mexicools, but because of who was in that Psy- faction. Yeah, Psychosis and Super, super Crazy. Super Crazy is um, yeah, dude, so they're incredible. Awesome to watch. And then you could do that same spot that they did with Savio Vega with Super Crazy and Psychosis. Okay, but you realize how old they are, right? So Savio Psychosis Vega is still wrestling. So. <laughs> oh, Hoovitude's in that though, yeah. dude. You can't have Hoovitude around. Nobody yeah. likes Hoovitude though. We did when he was in the Mexicools. Here's the thing. Mexicals was funny. 100%. Yeah. They took that. They ran with it. They worked some fun matches. Yeah. So far outside of PC. Oh, that 100%. I mean, they couldn't do the whole jumpsuits and long. If, if you're not thing. doing the whole, if you're not doing the whole bit, there's no point. You're but right. But just 
just for the opportunity to hear that Xbox heat <laughs> in Puerto Rico right? would be biblical. Oh, yeah. Do we want to put, just make this about heat? Because I heard something recently. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so you guys know who Shane Thorne is? Yeah. So he was getting tested for a, basically, I'm actually going to get blamed for not knowing who this is. Uh, I can't think of his name. Crocodile dude. You talking about Crocodile Hunter? Or are you talking about Steve Irwin? Steve Irwin. I know who Steve Irwin is. I just couldn't think of his name. And his brain fizzy is Crocodile dude. Yeah. Crocodile dude. Even though there is the Crocodile Hunter. I know who Steve Irwin is. And the is. Crocodile, crocodile Dundee. Dundee. No, not, I know Steve who Crocodile Irwin. Dundee is too. I don't think that you do. I'm going to be honest. I don't think that you do. I've seen the movie. I, that that, that uh, narrows it down so, at all. They were testing him to be a Steve Irwin. Okay. Uh, the gimmick that they were going to give him, and tell me if you know it. I don't. They, he was going to run around hunting Reggie. I did hear about this. That was in the writing room controversy. Yeah, yeah this is part of one of those lawsuits. Uh-huh. Yeah. How crazy. And just Reggie. No one else. No yep. one else, yep. No, I, but here's the deal. If you take, you take Angel Garza, Umberto Carrillo, you take Andrade if he comes back, split Dom from the Judgment Day and let him be the leader of the Mexicals, and then you have Dom and the Mexicals versus Ray and the LWO, and then you just run the whole thing back. I don't like that. <laughs> I just don't like anything about it. I, I will, I, I do want to bring note to the fact that very stealthily, WWE is kind of shifting back towards factions. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm fine with that. I, I love like it. it. Oh, yeah. I love it, too. And especially because I think with in historically in WWE, with factions comes comedy. Mm -hmm. One of these factions will break out as a funny one. I can't tell who it is right now because LWO is pretty serious. Oh, I, I can tell you exactly who it's going to be. Who's, is it going to be Judgment Day? No. Okay, who's it going to be? It's going to be The Way. Oh, minus, absolutely. It's gonna minus be the Austin way. Theory. Like that, Dexter Loomis is a comedy bit. They're going to yeah. bring Tommaso Ciampa I was going to say, Ciampa into... is going to come back and probably be in the way, too. Yes, because he never should have been they Mrs. Had bodyguard. Yeah, was... They had a segment the other night where Johnny's oh, like, right. oh, this guy's coming back. Yeah. And it's totally Tommaso. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But everyone was, like, mad about it, except Johnny. Because it's like, okay, yeah, are well, they DIY or are they the way? And like... They're the way because... Indies needs TV time. Candice LeRae needs TV time because they can't book the women's division. I can't believe anything close to appropriate. I can't believe Candice LeRae has been in WWE slash NXT for this long and hasn't had a world title. I'm, She's way too good for that. Yes, but I'm going to keep going back to my theory of there are going to be people who are bigger than her that makes it harder. Like, it was her and EO. Those were the two smallest people. Obviously, you're going to push EO. Regardless of how many awesome matches Candice LeRae had with, especially men, before coming into the WWE. Yeah. And then you just put her in, the, like, I think right now her and Indy could be tag team champions. I think that'd work just fine. I think so, too. I think that'd be a good tag team to watch where you don't have to make a team. Like, they were an established team before. Yep. Yeah. Leave it at that. Uh, but if we're going forward, Tommaso Ciampa is probably going to break up the way 
I couldn't see them doing something with the way with Tommaso Ciampa. I just think he's too controversial. Like, the, or he could be too controversial. Yeah. And I don't, I can, I don't know if you agree or not, but uh, I just feel like Austin Theory, when he was in that role, he was like, he, he's an a hole, but he can be a baby face. Like, he can yeah. be someone that everyone in the faction at least like. Yeah. Tommaso. Champa, without question, can't be what Austin Theory was. Yeah, it, he can't fill the role of Austin Theory. He has to create a new role for himself. And like actually thinking about it, if assuming they would, the way would stay phase, right? What role does he fill? Because Dexter, Dexter's kind of already your enforcer-ish. The best they could do, and I will hate this is they push down Johnny to what Austin Theory was, and they put Gargano, or they put Ciampa where Gargano was. That's so disgusting, and that's the only way I see it working. It's the only way it could work is if you just, you bump up and then push down and have them fill those roles. Like, that's all you can do. No offense, Johnny. Why'd they bring him back? Johnny Gargano? Yeah. It was only because of Triple H being he in has there. A good Because he's Johnny wrestling, and people riot if they don't. They just don't know what to do with him. They don't know. He has... Dude, Gargano's on that same list of people like Ricochet and like a handful of others that are just too good at chain indie style wrestling and WWE just does not know how to book around that. It's weird, dude. I don't... He's so much better than, of course, the company believes him to be, but... When you look at all the mid card champions, yeah, I don't think he'll get to the world title status. I I thought it was crazy that Daniel Bryan got to world title status. That was just a symptom of the fans yeah. not allowing. Well, and the other difference is Daniel Bryan had enough of a wrestling style change to what WWE was looking for that they allowed that to happen. If he if he right. just kept doing his ROH thing, if he was just the American Dragon and like did not change his style at all, they would not have pushed him the way they did. Right. And I think that's the only way Johnny can get into that spotlight is if something like that happens where like the fans just go completely crazy for Johnny. He has to have he has to have a match on a pay-per-view for that to happen and it has to be a five-star match and Ricochet is one of those people he can have it with. Yeah, I just don't know that I want to... S- the problem with doing that is only one of them is going to come out the star. Right. They will not both get what they deserve and get pushed like that. But I think Ricochet's had his chances. Let me let me tell you what a Johnny Gargano-Ricochet match sounds like on a PLE in 2023. Say it. Pre-show. pre-show. Yeah, it's the pre-show match. Dumb. 100% it's the pre-show match. There, there's lit for how PLEs are constructed, the tempo, the rhythm of the matches, how the matches are worked, their length. That match, unfortunately, doesn't fit on a PLE. Right. Like a Gargano Ricochet match, its ceiling is match two on a Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. No, it's like if we lived in a perfect world, we'd be able to have SmackDown and Raw money in the bank matches. Yeah. And they'd be able to perform there, but because of the women's Money in the Bank matches, there's no way they'd ever put four Money in the Banks on one show. No, but I do think, I do like the fact that it it helps create the importance around it. Because the Money in the Bank match 
is going to be one of those matches that you're going to have a raw tournament and a SmackDown tournament to determine who's going to be in that. You're going to have to, we're going to see people earn their spots in those matches again right. versus just announcements. And I think, I think a women's money in the bank match is a really good showcase for some of these women that don't necessarily get the time that they deserve. If, if the women's money in the bank winner could hold the briefcase for longer than a cup of coffee. Yeah, they need this year needs to be if they don't do it this year, I don't think they'll ever do it. This needs to be the year that your women's money in the bank briefcase holder hangs on for like five or six months. Like like if she wins it in when when is money in the bank? July? Generally. July she needs to hold it through the end of the year. Like like let's not see her cash in until like Rumble or something. Who would be right for that spotlight, I guess? For a women's money in the bank winner? Would be that. Right now, any who so here, here's how you answer this question. I'm gonna ask you guys a question. You spit the first name that comes out of your head. Who, what, what woman on either main roster right now is on the cusp of being main event, but just isn't there yet? Raquel Rodriguez. That's a good answer. Dakota Kai. Also a pretty good answer. Like I would say, I would say Raquel over Dakota, but that's because Raquel has been booked better. If Dakota Kai had been booked better. As an individual, I would agree with that too. I would say, I want to say Liv Morgan, but she's already done it, and that clearly didn't work. Um, no, Liv, she's I not meant Liv. to be world champion. She's just not main event. I think scene material. I think she. I think it's more fun to watch Liv chase the title than to win it. Agreed. Yes. Um, which sucks, but there are those people. It's just yeah, yeah. people fit people fit roles in positions yeah. within the conglomerate that is wwe and that's just what it is i think raquel rodriguez is probably that person if it's not raquel rodriguez then it's like weirdly this is going to be a weird one but natalia like because she's so far removed from the main event that she could dip back into it whenever she wants i'd rather natalia is such a lazy choice she doesn't need it she i mean look i'm not saying it's a good choice but if if Natalia won the woman's money in the bank, no one would be happy about it, but no one would be surprised. That's right. what that is. I'd rather you give me an hour Iron Man match with Beer and Shanky than have Natalia <laughs> oh, back in the so world weird. title picture. I'm sorry, Ugh. but she's getting back in the world title picture. So yeah, yeah. Oh, look at that. All right, well let's let's go ahead and start to wrap this up. But before we wrap it up, I want to make sure we touch on the Cody and Brock situation. Of course. So Cody goes over on Brock after Brock busts open the hard way yeah. on, on an exposed turnbuckle. I still think his face was doctored. It could have been, but like, I don't know, man. Cause I, I believe blood. not only was he gushing blood, but I believe the scar and the stitches we saw on Monday night raw. And that is exactly where he landed. That could be attributed to a good initial cut and good aim. And it got expanded, but I would also just straight up believe he did the hard way. Cause you know Brock, yeah, he'll do it hard way, no problem. But the the what I'll deem it as the look at this face promo that he gave us, that was good. That was I need more. I need more of that Brock. I'm this, over. I'm over. Just beat the piss out of you. Surprise, yeah. Brock. I need to beat the piss out of you and a scary promo. Yeah, hundred percent. He's never needed a mouthpiece the entire time he's been in WWE. False. Well, okay. 
next big thing Brock needed a mouthpiece. 2015 I, Brock needed a mouthpiece. Yeah. The way he screamed made people think. He, I, like, I like his promos. Show's I, over, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He this, could, they couldn't give him anything better. This, okay, this Brock is much more developed. Yes. Yeah. But I think a Brock without a Paul Heyman is scarier. Mm. I think it makes more sense. Like, it, it, uh, okay, like I love Paul Heyman with Brock. There's nothing wrong with Paul Heyman with Brock. I, I prefer Paul Heyman with Brock as opposed to Paul Heyman with Roman Reigns. No offense to Roman, but. I respect your incorrect opinion. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I, I like, I still like Paul Heyman with the bloodline. Okay. But I think Brock kind of showing how universal Brock can be can make him a more solidified competitor, which is crazy. Yeah. Cause he, cause he needs, which that. is crazy because he doesn't need it. But in my opinion, if you can give this, if you can make this man have an insane promo, like, dude, give him now, hear me out. Hear me out. Give him another world title run. <laughs> which but put one, him on full time TV one? if you're going to do that. Which title? He's working. He's about to work his fifth consecutive PLE. Yeah. His fifth consecutive PLE. That's more PLEs than Roman. And he's he, been on Raw all the time. This is his longest consecutive run of PLEs since he came back. Yeah. Uh huh. This essentially, for me, so I hear what you're saying. I do. Brock Lesnar became Mount Rushmore for the modernized WWE. Right. At SummerSlam against. 100% agree. Yeah. So anything he does after that point, he's just playing with house money, which is why I truly think he has that comfortability level now to cut promos. Because when you hear Brock talk outside of the WWE presentation, Brock Lesnar is a freakishly big, strong, introverted dude with social anxiety but could literally tear apart a bar full of grown men. Oh, yeah. But he's also well, he's still well articulated. He's super well articulated. I, if you haven't, check out the episode of the Pat McAfee show where Brock was on there. Like, it really shows, like, his ability. Yeah, Pat, you're welcome for the plug. Um, like, it really shows his ability to, to talk. And there might be something different about him in a room with five or six guys and two or three cameras versus, I don't know, 20,000 people. Like it, it is a different setting, but at the end of the day, like Brock can talk. That's just a fact. He doesn't have to interact with the fans to get that over, which is what I liked about him right. just staring into the camera. Mm -hmm. You're not interacting with the fans. You're just, if, if you have him look into that camera every week to cut a promo, go ahead. Ah, that'll get old after a while, I think, but, Really, I want to. I want to get us back to specifically Brock versus Cody. What do we think is next for that? Brock laid out the challenge for Night of Champions. I think Cody has Cody accepted it yet. Has that been a thing? Um, I think Cody's still buried under the pile of that announce table. Yeah, probably. I think as long as my plans that I had rolling in my head with Cody winning the title at SummerSlam, you can get a a three. A three match series in them 
And that I, seems to be the trend nowadays. Yeah. And I think Brock could take it at Night of Champions because I think Brock winning a match in or overseas would work. Yeah. It, it just does. I don't see Brock losing Saudi Arabia. No, I, I don't I, I just I don't. For all the not wrestling related stuff. Um, I'm cool with three match series. Um, it does for me help for long term storytelling, yeah. but you cannot have somebody go oh three clean. Like like, like Cody Seth and Cody. Seth, yeah. Well the other thing is I I like match trilogies, but I like the Stone Cold and Rock trilogy where it was spread out over a couple of years right. versus one calendar year just knocking it out. I really don't like that. Um, granted, I know that's how you tell a story in modern day wrestling. You have to have the repetitive match talk, match talk, match talk. Someone interferes. That's my new feud. We're moving on. But like, I really want, I would love to get back to the old school, like, I interrupted your promo. Next week, we're going to have a face-to-face. Then next week, we're going to have a tag team match. Me and my guy versus you and your guy. Blow it off at the pay-per-view and then cycle over and start over with someone else. Like, I miss that formula a little bit. Do we think that Brock, in given that situation, like I, I think that works perfectly for Cody and Roman because I yeah. think that's what's going to happen with Cody and Roman. Yeah. Maybe not three matches. But I think they're gonna I think they're the gonna get three, but the finish way, it. The way you have it set up is three matches. Yeah. The way we could have it set up is three The the thought in my head came when you said your theory and then I thought of Brock in a tag team in general. And now I can't get that thought out of my head. As, I'm gonna ask what might be a stupid question. Other than a traditional Survivor Series five on five, because I know that that happened, Team Kurt versus Team Brock, has Brock been in a tag team match before yes in that 2005 2007 range um he, he was already out of WWE. yeah he was out then. of WWE. before that i'm sorry then before that um, 2002 to 2004 i want to say during the feud with angle they had an offsetting tag team match on Smackdown. like what i described where yeah. they were feuding yeah. but they grabbed part okay but okay, so after his 2012 return, has Brock had a tag team match? Oh no, 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 yeah. no! I it's just weird. Like it's weird to me thinking about Brock standing on the apron waiting for a hot tag when you could just have Brock start the match and then the match is over and you win and you didn't have to do anything. Every Brock Lesnar tag team match would be Braun Strowman and Nicholas. Brock wouldn't tag anybody in. Ex- exactly. Brock, Brock wouldn't allow himself to not start the match either. Well, Braun at least tagged in Nicholas. Yeah, you're uh, right. Braun is less selfish than Brock yeah. Lesnar. So we're moving past a booking decision that completely undermined the tag team belts, and it's part of the reason why the tag team division sucks right now. <laughs> um, quick sidebar for Cody and Roman. Yeah. I think they are going to do three matches, but it's going to be in the not for time, but for how it played out, the Rock and Stone Cold formula. Roman's going to beat them next time they face. Yeah. And then Cody will get the win, and the third one is my personal headcanon. But for Brock and Cody, I need them to be separated after Night of Champions. Yeah, I agree. Like, you can do a third match. Like, I don't care when you do the third match. It can't be at Money in the Bank. No, and that's my point. You can't just go bang, bang, bang. There's our trilogy. Let's move on. Like, it just, like, that's, I think there are specific instances where that could be okay. And honestly, 
I think it was all right for Seth and Cody to do it, but A, you can't have someone win all three. Can't have someone win all three. And doing it in consecutive PLEs, you have to be able to tell at least, if you put all the matches together, eight different stories throughout the right. matches. Yeah. Cody and Brock probably have about three ways they could ever work a match. And right. it's not going to move outside of those three ways because how what Brock is right now yeah. is Goldberg's physicality with Hulk Hogan's just overness. Yeah. Like I I hate the finish from Backlash, but I as a fan, as a fantasy, I, I get it. Cause I don't see another way for Cody to win. Yeah. Cody's not going to outstrong him. Cody's not going to outlast him. So either Cody's going to have to do something to kind of like how Roman did at SummerSlam, just last man standing, throw literally everything you can get your hands on, on top of him to keep yeah. him down. Yeah. Okay, cool. Wow. Now what are you going to do for your third match? Whereas Brock's different variants is just one. He's just going to beat the unholy hell out of Cody. Right. And I'm already seeing that on a week-to-week basis. I'm to the point where I thought that... What's the June pay-per-view? Is it, is it literally just Night of Champions? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. no, I think that's this month, isn't it? Night of Champions is in May. Night, Night of Champions is this okay. month, sorry. Yeah. So, June is, has to be Money in the Bank. Yeah. Okay, so maybe not have Cody do that Money in the Bank. I feel like after this match, yeah, they, they just have to take a, a little bit of a pause give Cody something different, leave Brock off TV, whatever. They can they can go to another pay-per-view. I want them to just have the three matches and just get them out of the way, if I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Because I want to see what Cody can do for my theory. And I do, I do think Cody would beat Roman in the next match. I feel like that, and especially not for a title, that's, what, like, that's what's going to be in his head. That's yeah. my thing. Like, Cody's going to be like, well, I, I beat him. Title wasn't on the line. Give me a title match. Or, or, or like, maybe not that immediately because he has his own title. He's on his own show, whatever. That's where that happens. Brock, in just the situation of, hey, what happens if it's the third win? Which I don't think would happen. I think Cody would have to win it cleanly. I would like that, at least. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Brock's just running out of stuff at this point. I don't know who he'd go off against next. Well, the cool part about Brock is that his character is built in such a way that as soon as a feud ends, he can just ride off in the sunset, wait a year for a new crop of NXT call-ups to come up and fill in the roster a little bit, and then put one of them over. Next big thing, Brock Lesnar had a successful program with a one-leg. He can work with yeah, anyone. Like it was, uh-huh. it was real good. The Zach Gowan story was fantastic. Honestly, the whole like that whole era of big guy versus little guy. Like you had Show and Mysterio, perfect Lesnar area, Gowan. perfect David versus Goliath. Yeah, era. Oh, I'm thinking when he got smacked against the ring post. Yeah, like dude, that whole era was just or so when he good got thrown that. down two flights of stairs yeah. out of a wheelchair. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that's awful. Ugh. All right. Well, that was amazing. Well, that wraps up everything. I don't think that is there anything else we need to talk about before we jump out of here? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing just how everything plays out for Night of Champions. I hope every champion is on Night of Champions. I, that would make sense. Yeah. I yeah, hope they make the show long enough to do that. 
Vince in the past has left champions off Night of Champions. Unfortunately, the very first champion that will be left off of this pay-per-view, if anything is left off, is the women's tag team. Yes. They'll get left off. After that, it could be like the Theory United States Championship. I don't think it'll be one of the women's main. I think both. I think because it's... Oh, well, the tag team champions, actually. Oh, Sammy and Kevin. Yeah, yeah they probably won't be on there either. Sammy's not going to go over there. But... No, that, so yeah, not every champion's going to be on there. But most of them will. All the singles ones, I think, should be. Right. Yes. So, all right, cool. Well, Eddie, run us through the socials one time. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Listen to us on Spotify. Listen to us on Apple Music. And catch our video on YouTube. Hell yeah. Anything else, gentlemen? Nope, that'll do. All right. Well, we've been Eddie, Clayton, and Randy. Thanks for checking out the Two Heavy Wrestling Podcast. And we'll see you next time, guys. Let me know when you stop. Zach, make sure. You and I, right here. Nia Jax is going to win every match at Night of Champions. And she's going to... Don't cut me off! She's going to look... She's going to look like that one title that exists in Japan that's like everyone's light heavyweight belt that like Ultimo Dragon has. She's going to have like eight or nine belts just draped over her arms. The future is Nia Jax. The future is not like most girls. (laughs) 